0: Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Ademo. What a difference. What a difference. That we are children of the Most High. What a difference. Hallelujah. Lord, we celebrate you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for this hour of destiny this hour of change and transformation this hour of dining at your feet learning the engrafted word which is able to change our lives and our souls forever we receive with grace we receive with joy the engrafted word. lord let it mix with faith in our hearts tonight let it produce the intended fruits you have desired of us in the name of jesus thank you father for the undisputable word of god thank you because it's a gift to us today as in humanity and lord as you give us grace to rightly divide the Word, we are trusting you that it will mix with faith and produce the intended fruits you have desired of us give us listening hearts give us hearing hearts today let our lives never remain the same after this encounter the same presence in this place we trust will reach your children all over the world where they are watching. We celebrate them and let the presence of God be in their homes, in their home, in their living rooms, bedrooms and whatever room they are in. Thank you, Father. In Jesus name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. It's such an exciting time this evening. We want to thank our worship team. What a wonderful time in the presence of God. And we know soon and very soon we'll be able to come together physically. Amen. And be able to enjoy the fellowship as we have always done. But nevertheless, God is still with us. Hallelujah. Amen and amen to Jesus. It's been a wonderful time for, this is the part four of the series. I want to first thank God for all of you all over the world, western part of Africa, southern part of Africa. Want to thank God for you in Europe, in England, in Italy, in Norway, in Belgium, all over the world where you are watching from, we celebrate you. Thank you for your tenacity, your persistence in wanting to hear god's word from this place I want to say the lord will bless you mightily thank you so much for watching from our uh, south uh, from the south of this place which is uh, united states we thank god for you in new york city and, and also in uh, new jersey maryland dallas texas houston colorado detroit we just say god bless you thank you for making royal house uh, a blessing to you and also from canada here northern part we thank god for those in calgary those in alberta those in uh Praise God, British Columbia, Prince Edward Island, and those who are in Ontario, Ottawa, and those who are in the GTA area. Now, those of you here in the Niagara Peninsula, all the 12 cities in Niagara, we want to celebrate you. Thank God for your life. Thank God for you watching. And thank God for your comments that you always throw in. And uh, we just want to say, good God bless you. We're excited to be connected to you. God bless you real good, as our custom is, please, is Bible study. Grab your writing materials, grab your Bible, sit, and allow the presence of God to just have the ambience of your room. The ambience of your living room, dining room, whatever room that you are listening to to this broadcast from. Now, because of our time, I won't be able to go over the things that we have learned so far, we have learned quite a bit about God's voice, uh, namely in the part one, two, and three, please. Like I said, go on Spotify. You can listen to it again and again. And if by the end of this series, we'll have a USB pack for you. You can always send an email and it will be mailed to you, those of us who still want to listen to it in our cars, in our vehicles. Because I believe it's a message you should hear again and again. It's going to bless you, it's going to establish you, it's going to make you a solid believer. Because you see, we are in the last days. Apart from that, many children of God are only grounded in certain areas and not in the major areas they should be grounded in. There's a big difference between hearing God's voice and God's guidance. Most of the things that believers operate on is the guidance. The guidance of a spirit whether it's a yes or no whether my spirit agrees or my spirit doesn't agree but you see hearing the voice is different Hearing the voice is detailed hearing the voice is clear you receive clarity on an issue you can hear the voice of god for your children for your marriage you can hear the voice of god for the things you are doing currently you can hear the voice of god you can hear the voice of god every day on a particular issue you can hear it and even issues that you are not concerned about, so to speak, or that you are not focused or paying attention on, God can still speak on them. God can speak about your city to you. God can speak about that job to you. God can speak on certain things clearly to you. And all we need to do is the condition of our heart like we were doing in uh, part three of the series last week. We said, Um, I think that's the summary I'll use to bring us to this message today, that there are four sensitive requirements to achieving this kind of heart. Because the condition of the heart is what will make God, you know, speak to you. What's the condition of your heart? Some people don't know that when they get their conditions, the condition of their heart out of line, you fail in hearing God's voice. You have cheated yourself out of the privileges, rights, and positions you have. And that is why you should prioritize hearing God's voice and prioritize making sure the condition of your heart is always right. When God was saying, walk before me and be that perfect, he's talking about a perfect heart towards him. The condition of your heart should always be perfect. Don't allow anger, malice, and all the things that want to distract you from hearing the voice, have a hold of you. That's why we Christians we walk in, part, in certain ways and in particular ways. So that our consistency in God is not interrupted. Praise God. You remember that prophet in the scriptures, in the book of Second Kings chapter 3. Even the prophet was so angry at another king that he lost his tune with God. He had to call for the mystery to come. And worship was being played. And I keep on telling you, I've said it again and again, worship is the gateway to that condition. When you want to condition your heart, that's why a child of God must be consistent in worship. You must give yourself to worship. Worship is not a time for pre-service, so to speak. pre the word, so to speak. When the they ask some people, service started, they'll say, no, it's worship that is going on. You don't know worship is part of the service. Worship is the main key in the service. If we don't keep worship properly, the rest of the service go wingy wo go. Praise God, whatever that is. Hallelujah. So you should always place priority on the condition of your heart. Last week we said there were four conditions that a heart that will hear God will always hear. First condition is attention. Everybody say Attention. Mm -hmm. And also humility. Attention and humility. Paying attention and humility. A humble heart God cannot overlook says the world. Always the attention means attend. Attend. Attend means you are conditioning yourself to incline your ear. Your ear to him. You are conditioning yourself. You are making the, quiet, the, the environment quiet enough to hear his voice, to pick his voice, to pick the signal of his spirit. Praise God. Now, that is very important. You attend, you focus. Praise God. I don't want to go over that message. Amen. It's so powerful. Check it out. Last week we did that and it was a good justice to that. Amen. And the next two conditions is time and quietness. Quietness. We must learn to be quiet, learn to be still, and know that He's God. Some of us, we are too noisy. We are too noisy. We are noisy on the outside, noisy on the inside. We can't pick signals. We haven't trained ourselves enough to be quiet within us. He's saying, quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Train yourself to be quiet. When it's not noisy for some people, they say it's boring. It's boring. Ah, Learn to be quiet. Train yourself to be quiet. It's not every time it should be noisy. When it's noisy, every time you won't be able to pick God's signals. Hallelujah. God will help you as you continue in that. I've said God will give me grace to to teach all these topics in a more practical way, in a day-to-day way. For you to see it in better light hallelujah praise God so today we want to take another strand we want to go deeper and further in hearing God's voice so today we'll be talking about thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I'm just clearing my truth in case some people are having other ideas (laughs) praise God amen how can we really be sure it's God's voice? That's the question we want to answer in today's Bible study. How can we really be sure it's God's voice? Please pay attention to today's study. If there is time, I will answer the questions. But on your, if you're on YouTube, you're watching us through YouTube. There's a chat place there. Throw in your questions. If you're watching through Facebook, also throw in your questions. Amen. And uh, our team here will be more than glad to pass the questions. Uh, If I don't answer it at the end of the day, I would do justice to that next week. In fact, as many people that want to ask questions, you can ask it. If the questions are so many, I don't mind. I'll dedicate next week to questions and answers. Amen. Because we must get this right. I don't want us to just sweep over it. Amen. Amen. So how can we really be sure it's God's voice when we hear a voice? Because we know that the devil is also a master counterfeit. How do we know that what we have heard on an issue, on a subject, on an area of our lives, on a decision we are about to make, is God's voice? I am going to share with you three kinds of ways you can be sure it's God's voice. Three kinds of confirmation you can go through to show it is God's voice. If time permits, I'll take the fourth one, but three, majorly today. Number one, agreement with scripture. Agreement with scripture. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the voice of God to us. The voice of God that we hear is the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's God's voice. Amen? Amen. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the one that wrote the scripture is the Holy Spirit. So it is difficult for the voice and the word to contradict each other. It doesn't contradict each other. Once is the voice, it will agree with the tenor and the spirit of the scripture. It will always. Whatever God has spoken to us must agree with the spirit and tenor of the scripture. That is how we know whether it's the voice of God or it's not the voice of God. If it doesn't agree with the scripture, definitely it is not the voice of God. Let me explain two interrelated facts to you. It's the Holy Spirit that brings God's word to us. I've said that. And it's also the Holy Spirit is the one who uttered, uttered the word. So, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says all scripture is inspired by God. Please put it on the screen for the people of God. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, all scripture. Let's break it down so that you see. Every scripture. This is how those scriptures you read from time to time came. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instructions in righteousness. So all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Every word that you see in the Bible, every detail that you have seen that is written in this logos is given by the inspiration of God. It's the Holy Spirit that was the writer behind the physical writers. Praise God. It carries an implication that the Holy Spirit is the writer of the scriptures. So Holy Spirit, the ultimate writer, can never contradict itself. So does it agree with the world? That's the question we ask. Does it agree with the spirit of the world? does it agree with the principle of the word the word the spirit and the principle is what constitutes the authority of scripture does it agree with the authority of scriptures praise god so that's the very first way to clarify whether what we have heard is of god or not if it does not if it does not agree with the authority The word, the spirit, and the principle of the scripture, then it's not the voice of God. Satan has many counterfeits. We must be sure and we must be ready to always cross-check the voice. The Bible says, test all spirits. Put it to test. Isaiah 8, Isaiah 8, 19 to 22. Isaiah 8, 19 to 22. Please keep this scripture very well. Make sure you read it again and again so that you'll be familiar with it. These are check scriptures. To check, if you are taking this subject seriously, that you really want to grow in the area of hearing God's voice, this is one of the scriptures that you must learn to know verbatim. And the Bible says, and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God for the living, for the living to the dead? He's saying that shouldn't people, shouldn't people seek for their God? Why do you have to go to palm readers? Why do you have to go to, to, to fortune tellers? Why do you have to go to all these people that do not have the spirit of God, and you get contaminated with different spirits. He says in verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. These people have no light. And it's surprising in these days because people want to hear supernaturally the even so-called believers. So called people who believe in Jesus Christ still go to all these psychics. It's amazing. You shouldn't do that. It is wrong. And let me tell you what follows people who do that. It's here. He said, And they shall pass through it, hardly beasted and hungry. You see? And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their god and look upward. You see? Curses follow them. Go on, praise God, and they shall look unto the earth, and behold trouble. You see trouble. How did they invite it by going to such set of people? And darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Can you see that? Hmm. Consulting such people, should people not, should people not speak to their God? Should people not seek their own God? Why? The Bible says. The law and testimony, if they don't speak according to this scripture, they don't have light. But look at the curses that follow. Look at the anguish and pain that follow people who get medium, spiritities, fortune tellers, wiki boards, horoscope, psychics, and so on, counterfeits. Look at what happened. The Bible says distress, hunger, curses, distress, darkness, fearful gloom. Results of listening to Satan. When you go to that? you are listening to the voice of the enemy. And see what it brings. All manner of the works of darkness. If we walk in the light of the scripture, there will be no darkness in us. So the scripture is our confirmation. We don't go to witches and wizards. We don't go to people of the enemy. We don't go to Satan to confirm the word God has spoken over our life. Psalm 119, verse 105. Let me show you one thing. Because there is enough light for you. The Bible says, Praise God to the law and the testimony. Say, Thy word is what? It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We may not be able to see too far. From scriptures alone. But we can see the immediate. It's a lamp to our feet. There is enough light to guide us. Hallelujah. We don't need all those mediums to go and consult. No, never. It's evil. You get contaminated. Your spirit gets contaminated. You, you get drawn out of light. You carry curses when you do such. Praise the Lord. So that's the first, most sure way of knowing that this is God's voice. This is the voice of the Lord. It is in comparison with scripture. If they don't agree with the word, if they don't agree with the scripture, it is not God. Hallelujah. Second way of confirmation, to know whether it is God's voice you heard or not. There is what is called confirmation of circumstance. Confirmation of circumstance. The first one is through the scripture. second one is confirmation of circumstance. We can see that in Jeremiah 32 from verses 6 to 9. Let's read that, Jeremiah 32, 6 to 9. Praise God. It was about Jeremiah who got information. God spoke to him that he should buy a land. And he was thinking whether, should he buy it, should he not buy it? You know, there are some times you hear, but because it wasn't on your agenda. You heard, but it wasn't on your agenda. It wasn't what you were thinking of or was in your thought or was in your plan for the day or was even in your nearest horizon. You know, you just hear his voice, go and do this. In the physical, it might not even make sense. Because, ah, I wasn't thinking on this thing. Why should I go and buy it? So God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, go and buy this land. And while he was still thinking on it, whether is it correct, is it not correct? Lo and behold, the exact land, the owner of the land came to meet Jeremiah. And say, this land, you are the closest, you are the next of kings. I must offer it to you first before I go and sell it outside. At that point in time, the real estate value of this land was not worth anything. Why? Because the geographical location of the land, listen, was the, the place, the Midianites, the Babylonians, sorry, they were ravaging it. That's their pathway. So if you plant anything on a land like that, it's, it's almost like a useless land. And God said, go and buy it. Listen, let's read it. I hope you're paying attention. It says, And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah 32, verse 6, verse 7, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shulamite, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, By thee, my field, that is in Anatol. You see, that, that field, like I said, that geographical location of that field is where the Babylonians used to uh, take and pass. So it was not worth anything. For the right of the redemption is trying to buy it. It's just, for, it's just like somebody say, God told you to go and buy a portion of a town, a portion of a town that you are living in, that is downtrodden, that the real estate value of the place is down. But God told him. So, he was wondering, should he, but look at what happened, verse 8. So, Hanemel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the law. Did you see that? In verse 6, God was speaking to him. By the time he got to verse 8, God spoke to him in verse 6. He didn't know, he wasn't really knowing what it meant or what it didn't mean. But in verse 8, the same person Showed up, came in the court of the prison. This time Jeremiah was in prison, and he came to the court. He came to the according to the word of the Lord, and said unto me, "Buy my field, I pray thee. That is that is in Anatoth, which is in the country of the Benjamin. For the right of the inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself." Then how did what what did Jeremiah do? What did uh, Jeremiah, he said, then I knew that this was what? The word of the Lord. Because exactly what he had came to play in his very presence. So this is what is called confirmation of circumstance. There's no way this could have happened if not the Lord. I knew this was the word of the Lord. He wasn't quite sure. And there are things like that that happens in our lives. We hear the voice of God. It might not be on property, it might be on something you are not even thinking of. You can say, move to the east end of town. Ah, where did that come from? Move to the east end of town. What is all that about? You are not thinking of it. You have never gone to the east end of town to survey it for a property. Well, God just speaks to you that way. Go to the east end of town to do what? Then, lo and behold, it was when you heard a voice like that, lo and behold, maybe the following day, somebody comes. He said there is a property for sale at the east end of town, and you are the one that came to my mind. Praise God. That's a confirmation of circumstance. So sometimes when we hear things like that, that we are not sure of, we will put it in like a pending file. Because you weren't thinking of it. You didn't ask God for it. You didn't uh, you just heard the voice. You put it in a pending file. So sometimes to confirm that it's God's voice speaking to you, there will be confirmation of circumstance. It might be, it might be you are, you are, you are living on a particular street, and uh, you just the spirit of God just led you to one particular house and said, buy this house. There's no for sale sign there. He said, buy this house. Then you walk in because they are your neighbors. You go and meet your neighbors. You say, neighbor, uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, anytime you want to sell this house, just let me know. I, I kind of have interest. Then the neighbor, the neighbor would look at the wife. He said, it was just last week we decided to sell. And, uh, and uh, we haven't even had time to go to a realtor. That's why we haven't put it out there. And before, that's a confirmation of circumstance. I just wonder how the things happen this way. That is God. It can be a business venture. It can be a business adventure and so on and so forth. So, another one, the third kind of confirmation we should look for when we claim we have heard God's voice is God's peace in our heart. God's peace in our heart. The peace of God. The peace of God transcends all human understanding. That's what Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians 3, 15 and 16. After I read the King James, try and put the Amplified for me. Colossians 3, 15 and 16. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in the one body, and ye be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, And admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Can you see that? He said, let the peace of God, let it rule. Let it be the arbiter. Let it be the umpire. Let let him be the one that will say it's correct, it's not correct. Let the peace of God be the umpire. Act as an umpire, Maybe to be able to tell you this is right or wrong. When God speaks, the voice of God, listen, God's voice will always produce God's peace. If it's not the voice of God, you will cease to have peace. You begin to fret. Anxiety kicks in. That's not God. The voice of God will bring you to the estate of God. It's an estate of peace. Praise God. Let's read it in the amplifier. He said, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him. Let that peace be the controlling factor in your hearts. Deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace indeed, you are called as members of the body. Praise God. And be thankful. And be thankful. You see? God's peace, thankfulness, and the word. That's what you read in in verse 15 to 16. Three things that that peace contains. It contains God's peace. It contains thankfulness. It contains the word. Always checking with the scriptures. That's the word. Always a confirmation. Confirmation. Praise God. So we have learned three things. Number one, whatever the voice of God is, whatever the voice of God says, it will always agree with the scripture. That's one. Two, there will be a confirmation of circumstance if it's the voice of God. Praise God. That's another way to check it if it's correct. Amen. It's not every time that there will be a confirmation of circumstance, but it's one of the ways to check. And number three, God's peace. Praise God will be the arbiter in our hearts, will be the umpire. Praise God Lord. If God withdraws his peace, then he's not God. Praise God. And because we have time, a little bit of time, let us confirm the last way God, you can confirm also that is God is through fellow believers. Through fellow believers. Through fellow believers. Whatever God speaks to you can be confirmed through fellow believers. Of course, believers of integrity. Of course, believers that have been walking in the light of God. Believers that you trust their spirit and their walk with God. Praise God. If you look at Acts chapter 13 from verses 1 to 3, let's quickly turn there, put it on the screen for the people of God. Acts 13. Acts 13. Verses 1 to 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets who speak. Now, in the, now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And he lists them, about five of them, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod and Tetrach, and Saul. Did you see that? Five of them. Now, verse 2. Verse 2. As the minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, you see, I've told you, it's the Holy Spirit that brings God's voice to us. He said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the walk whereunto I have called them. You see, this was not the calling. They have been called originally before. They have been called before now. But this was the public attestation. This was the public accreditation of their call. God had called, in fact, Apostle Paul said it in several places that he had been called. He's not an apostle that was called by men. He was called by God. Praise God. Holy Spirit brings the voice of God to us, like I said, but the Holy Spirit had already called them. This is just a public confirmation of the calling he had given them privately. I want you to know that. One of the places where many believers miss it is that they want to hear what God has not told them from another man they have never seen before. That is heresy and fallacy. You should develop yourself. And that's why many people get into error. Because you have not trained yourself personally to hear the voice of God. What if somebody is telling you something from a familiar spirit? How will you be able to discern? These days that everybody, every second person is becoming a prophet now. That everybody just has something to say. How will you know what God is saying to you? If you don't know how to, that's why you take a subject like this very seriously. This is part A. The part B of it is left to you to go and take it up seriously. That I'm your sheep. I must hear your voice. Now these people have already heard the voice of God before. They have heard. God has called them. If you go to Galatians 1.1. Galatians 1.1. Quickly then you can come back here. Galatians 1.1. You will see Paul testifying of his apostleship. I like him. I like people who, can, who are bold about, uh, about who they are and where they are going in life. Praise God. And I believe that's the state every believer should be. He said, Paul, an apostle. Did you see that? Not of men. He put it there. Not of men. Neither by man. Not of men. Neither by man. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. You see where he gave credence to his apostleship. When he was at the backside of the desert for three and a half years, being called of God. This had already taken place before I started. So he knew it was called. He knew there was apostolic calling in his life before. But this was a period that God was saying, it is time. It is time to be released to this apostolic calling. Public confirmation. He received... They've received their individual call, but this was a public uh, credence to their call. Public confirmation. And this public confirmation is important. It serves three purposes. Because some people may want to ignore it and say, well, it's not necessary. God has called me, he has called me. And that is some of the things that cause this little, little confusion in the body of Christ too. That when somebody has has been called, does it mean you, you make it a confusing thing in the house of God? It's a big problem. When you say you are called, yes, you are called. Be confirmed by your brethren. They are the ones that will give credence to your call. They are the ones that will support your call. I mean, I've seen so many younger pastors fight with their senior pastor because they have been called. It's not necessary. If you're a man of God, if you're a pastor, perhaps one of my sons in the nations of the world, you are listening to this, or perhaps you are growing up to become an authority, a figure authority, the fivefold ministry, you know you have a call upon your life. Please, my brother, my sister, do it right. Do it properly. Don't cause confusion in the body of Christ. So three purposes for this confirmation publicly. Number one, it strengthens Paul's faith. You see, Paul was called in the closet. He's the one that has those personal encounters and personal experiences. But here he's in the public. The Holy Spirit is speaking publicly to people who were not there when he was called. When God was giving him those words. So there are times we need confirmation. Confirmation. Through fellow believers. Because the road is lonely. It's you alone had it? but it's good for others to hear that this one is called of God. That's number one. Number two. The second purpose it serves is that the fellow believers get a validation of Paul's call. Now his call is valid. Why? No matter what God told him in the secret, I was in there. But this one that God is speaking to all of us in the public, oh, God must have spoken to him in the secret. Do you get that? He's good. He's rich. It was not only Paul that needed confirmation. It was not only Paul that needed accreditation. Even the people who are going to support him, who are going to be there for him, who are going to be praying and supporting him with all manners of support, they needed an affirmation that this man too is called. Praise God. It's not only Paul. Praise God. They too needed some, some assurance so that they could support him. And number three, number three, the third purpose that I believe strongly that this public uh, accreditation does is that it emphasizes the interdependence on the body of Christ. The body of Christ, we need each other. We need each other's support. Don't divide the body. That's why I'm I'm speaking to anyone that is called on God, listening to this teaching, don't divide the body. Jesus is making us understand This it's of tremendous importance and it does not matter. You know, some of us have, some, some believers have that notion that, well, God has called me, it does not matter what others do. I am right, you are wrong. Uh, It's not so. Praise God, we need each other. We need to stand by each other, support each other, interdependence. Yes, I called him. Yes, I called you too. And we should work together as one. Two things, quickly. Confirmation through believers of proven integrity matters. Matters. It matters so that, because you can't just say one believer confirmed it somewhere. (laughs) Who is the believer? Who is the believer that confirmed it somewhere? Confirmation must come through people of proven integrity. It matters through whom God speaks to us. It matters. Do you know the kind of spirit? operating in that person's life, so it matters through whom God speaks to us. How matured are they? How well have they worked with the law? What's their proven record of integrity? It's not anybody that is qualified to speak over your life. You qualify people who will. True believers wait on God. Don't walk out on the body of believers or those who have spiritual authority over you saying that, okay, we've had you, you have had God, but wait. Don't say, I don't care. No, God has put believers in your life for a reason, ability to hear God through our fellow believers, depend on the quality of relationship we have with them. Praise God. And that's why we must maintain good relationship with one another. I don't know whether it's you God will use to speak. I don't know whether it's you God will use at a junction in my life. That's why we make sure we don't. And I want to sound this warning to every one of you that like fighting other believers, You don't know whether it's your very help that you are fighting. I know God is your help, but God will use somebody. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So three relationships that are very important to you. Uh, In this New Testament, the way God will speak to you, confirm things, maintain good relationships. Don't be a Lone Ranger. Maintain good relationships. The first one is the pastor congregation relationship. Praise God. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember, respectfully consider. That's what he's saying. He said, remember those who have ruled over you. Respectfully consider them. This is not 100% foolproof, but let me tell you this. It's godly. If I am the believer that God spoke to me, and my pastor disagrees with me. Well, if how God has been speaking to me has been a track record, and my pastor disagrees with me, rather than just disagree with my pastor immediately, I will, I will put pause on. I will check Because... If I have trusted, by, for him to be my pastor at all, I have trusted him. Praise God. I know he prays for me. I know he will stand by me. In fact, if I have another ally, greater than I don't, I'm not sure. My pastor must, should be my greatest ally. Because he has no other job. That's why God put him in my life. He's praying for me every day. He knows his number one duty is to pray for me. So when such a person say, I don't think what you have had. It's truly God. I can't just throw it away like that. I will have to pause and recheck. i put it in a pending file if I have to. Because such a person and such a relationship, I can't throw away. You should nurse that relationship. I always say it fondly in Royal House. Any attack against your relationship, you and your relationship with pastor, is an attack against your destiny. I've seen it again and again. In my little life as a Christian, I have seen it again and again. Because it's your greatest ally the enemy will first go for if he wants to do something against you. He makes you speak unadvisedly against him. He makes you do things. He makes that relationship go sour. So that's why you guard that relationship. Don't allow it. It's for reasons like this you don't allow it. Because there will be a time in my life I will need that grace that is upon this fellow. Praise God. Amen. So I'm not saying 100% is it. Mm-mm. What happens is that, like I said, I use myself as an example. If I find myself in that shoe, I'm in disagreement with my pastor. I feel, my pa- I feel this is the way God is leading me. My pastor is saying, no, that's not what God is saying. The best thing I'll do is I'll first take a pause. Pause. I'm not going to throw that advice away like that. I can go back to him. What were the things you saw, sir, that made you feel this is not the direction I should go? And let him explain to see what he saw. Praise God. It has tremendous consequences when you shift or you fall out of line. Number two is husband and wife relationship. Husband and wife. Ephesians 5. 22 to 24. Please write that down. You might not agree with this. The Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. I know in the culture and our day, we have a lot of theory around it. We want to redefine submission and all that. Good luck to you. But you can't redefine scriptures. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. How do we submit to the Lord? Partially. How do we submit to the Lord? We, we discuss. Is it by discussion? No. Come on. The Bible is clear about how to submit. Submit totally. Praise God. Now, you might not agree with, with it, but it's God's order. I'm not going to change that. It's God's order. Praise God. For example, if a wife is saying, I have heard from God. And your husband disagrees with what you have heard. You wait until your husband is convinced. Don't be heady. Don't be heady and disobey your husband at that point in time. At that point in time, you have invited a spirit called the spirit of witchcraft. That spirit cannot hear God anymore. Even if you heard God the first time, the position you have taken now, you have invited something else. So you must understand, disagree with your husband publicly, disagree with your husband on every point, disagree with your husband to the point that you you are not listening to him again, is totally unnecessary. And trust me, in most of those instances, my little experience, I've over almost three decades as a pastor now, I can tell you it always ends in disaster. You go around saying, no matter what my husband says, I am going to do what I've said I'll do. And nothing will come out of it. Go ahead. We will celebrate you. Praise God. That's not right. That's not Christianly. That's not a Christian spirit. It's not the spirit of the world. It's not the spirit of God. It's not done. Praise God. Vice versa. A husband, you know, yes, you are the leader of your home. You take a decision, yes, you believe you have heard from God, it's a decision for you to take, yes, but your wife disagrees with your decision. Hey, young man, put on the brakes. It is God, but your helper is not in agreement at that time. Your next duty is to convince your helper until your helper says, I am now convinced. Don't go on with it. If you go on, I want you to know because your helper disagreed, even though you had God, don't be surprised if it turns to a disaster. So I want to, in most cases, I'll tell you this. If you are both maintaining a good spiritual walk with the Lord, Hardly will God speak to you and your wife will not follow you. If you are both walking right, hardly will that happen. Even when your wife is reluctant, she will know within her that this is the right thing. I'm not agreeing with this because of some other fleshy reasons, but this man is right. That's what will happen most of the time. Once your walk is not in the flesh, it's always in the spirit. You walk by faith, not by sight. Most of the time, I'm not saying 100% of the time, most of the time, the agreement will be sinking. Even when there seems to be a disagreement, within the next one or two hours or one day, the wife will sink in or the husband will sink in. Praise God. But don't be heady. Always submit to God. The third one is parents and children. Ephesians 6.3 says, Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Of course, any obedience to what is anti-scripture is not uh, obedience, praise God. But uh, always listen to your parents in the Lord. That's what the scripture says. So, uh, the Lord will bless us. The Lord will increase us. The Lord will perfect all that concerns us. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.